out here because it's that time of year. My pockets are scared of the back to back to back holiday seasons that we are upon. And it's right around the corner from Halloween. And I know you need a fleece or how about a jacket or what about a hoodie? I know you do, but guess who got some scary, they got some scary good deals. Trust me, DTLR Villa is scaring up all of that. You can get 50% off select styles and merchandise if you go to millennials.us backslash shop today so that you can click on the link and go directly to DTLR Villa and get the most out of their fall savings so you can get what you need maybe some jeans maybe a pleather or no it's not pleather anymore sorry animal friendly vegan jacket i'm not sure what whatever you know it's 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 scary good it's scary scary good so you can get what you need before the holiday season is among us so go today this is for my millennium Baby, you got. Baby, you got. Oh, oh, check. Oh, 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 check. The views and opinions expressed by Millennials Anonymous podcast and their guests and contributors are of those guests and contributors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the Millennials Anonymous podcast and any content provided by our content contributors or guests or anyone else are of their own opinions and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. This is purely entertainment, folks. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Millennials Anonymous Podcast. Yes, it is your girl, Lise Winnie, and I am a fucking millennial. So we're going to get this party started right. And so, so, so very quickly. Well, first things first, you know, obey your thirst, drink Sprite, okay? Um, you can pay me if you want. That's it's okay, all right? But I was geriatric before. I am really a geriatric millennial now because my birthday passed. Yes, I I enjoyed myself. I got oh. to spa day. And... When you go and you get a gift, you you know, you got to really do it. Well, at least I do because I don't I don't get treated to stuff like this all the time. So when I went, I got I got the I got the works. I got a hot stone pedicure. How the fuck do you do a hot stone pedicure? I don't know, but I got one. That's what the fuck it said on the, the thing. That's what it said it was. I don't even think he used hot stone. Yeah, he did. I'm lying. He did use hot stone. So I, I got that. Okay. So I enjoyed that quite a bit. And I got to get my pedicure and my manicure. It was really, really nice. I got to drink wine and feel fancy. Now, I know that I'm really a talk. Listen. I got flowers and everything. And thank you. I thank everybody for the birthday wishes. I got birthday wishes from a lot of different people that I didn't think even I got some DMs. And I was like, oh, I feel so special. <laughs> so, so, so beautiful. So special. So beautiful. I felt really, really special. I, I did. You made an old bitch feel really good. I just, I want y'all to know that. All right. Old and this, this old, this old broad really, really enjoying herself. I'm not a girly girl. I don't do girly girl things. And I I get manicures and pedicures. 
but I usually don't get na like nails, acrylic added on there, length. I, because I don't like not being able to pick up pennies. And I know you like, who got change, bitch? The government don't even got change. Like, nobody got change. Why are you worrying about that? But, like, even if you drop, like, your debit card, you it, you be sitting there for, like, 45 minutes. Like, put that shit in the squid game. You be in there for, like, 45 minutes trying to pick up your debit card. I, I don't like these nails. I don't know how people manage with these nails. Now, aesthetically, they look really cool. Like, I've seen some people that have some really, really cool designs, really cool nails, and it's harder to do the same type of designs on shorter nails. You need a bigger canvas. So I get it, but at the same time, people like that have those long Cardi B nails, I don't even know how y'all function. Like, I know she was like, no, look, I can open up sodas and stuff, and I was like, okay, fuck the sodas. I want to know how do y'all wipe y'all ass? How do you spread the cheeks, lift, separate, and wipe? Like Martin said, bam, bam, drop. Like, how do you do that Bruh. and not smell like shit or have shit stains in your ass without stabbing yourself to death? Like, how do you not give yourself Bruh. a nail colonoscopy trying to wipe yourself with them long ass nails? It must be so much fecal matter under there. And I know y'all like, ew, but I'm like, just think about it. Because I'm just thinking, I have, these nails aren't even that long. Like, they're probably like a half of an inch long off of it. And I don't do math. So I I guess a centimeter. I, I don't I don't know. Maybe not a centimeter because I think they're, that's a little, probably a little shorter. But it's not very long off of my nail and it's still hard for me to function like i've been pecking when i type i've been pecking because i do not know how to function in these nails like it, it to me this is like walking with heels on like the, the bambi legs you get bambi legs when you don't know how to walk in heels i feel like that with these nails and i also got my nails red like this deep deep dark blood halloween really red because i wanted to get it for halloween because i'm gonna wear a costume this has nothing to do with my costume though but i have like three different costume changes for three different days like it's one a costume change with my children have a trunk and tree and on thursday and then on friday you know it's work so you celebrate for work halloween and then actual halloween is coming and i celebrate everything and if you didn't know this now you know halloween is actually one of my favorite holidays i was always a fan kid and i loved holidays that had food in it except for i wasn't big on thanksgiving like that really was like eh, i can take it or leave it but like christmas and halloween because you get to dress up and be somebody else and all of that like to me that was super fun you'd go trick-or-treating and you get to you know you hang out outside like it was that was always really dope to me i really really liked halloween and halloween is coming and i did a like a skit well not a skit i guess it's a segment on season two of millennials anonymous back in 2019 and it's funny because it's still relevant today which is sad we're still doing the offensive halloween costumes to this day and i'm like I, i'm gonna throw back to it in a minute we'll do a rewind of it but some of it didn't age well because like i was talking about if you have on a mask like i said if you are a man or a teenage boy don't come to my house in a mask or fully masked now i'm like if you don't have on a mask don't come near my house <laughs> okay so things have not aged completely well and in, in the era of of covid but the fact of not wearing offensive makeup on Halloween or costumes still is very much relevant to this day. So to this day. So we're going to go ahead and throw back to that. 
here's what I'm gonna say first. This is what I'm gonna address first. I need all of my white friends and white people to come close. Okay, this is a new year and we gonna try real hard. Okay, we gonna try real, real hard to not have anybody do anything that is ridiculously offensive for 2019. Okay, here we go. If you have to buy shoe polish, brown makeup, anything that makes you darker than you are, do not get the costume. If you want to be an African-American icon or if you want to be a, like an African-American singer, let's say you, you know, you white, but you want to be Beyonce for Halloween, that's fine. You can be Beyonce. Just don't use brown makeup knowing that you are tan. Okay, let me tell you something. So I was given this task. I started going into the colleges, talking to these young Gen Zs. And when I say, woo chow, woo chow, like, cause they, millennials, they grew up in the U era, not the U serial killer stab you up in the kitchen. No, not them. The you era, where everything revolves around, it, everything revolves around you. The world revolves, you are the sun and, and everything else in the world just revolves around your aura of greatness. Where the parents told Gen Z's and millennials that we are, you are the most talented person in the whole wide world. You are so talented, even though you have zero talent. You are the smartest person in the whole world, even though you are getting straight C's and D's. You are the most amazing person in the world, even though everybody hates you. Like, it, this is what happened. Where we lived in this world, thank you, Gen X parents, that you made it feel like, on Boomer parents, everything revolves around your kid, where they believe the world is just out there for them. No one else, just them. And you don't have to do anything in order to get the world. The world should just be given to them just because they are alive. And I went in there and the smugness from all of them is just is very apparent. I don't know if this is what they're teaching you on YouTube. I don't know if this is social media. Maybe this is something they drinking. Is this the new lean? But a lot of them were, it's just the smugness and the arrogance of it. And mind you, I was looking around because I was like, maybe the fuck I, maybe I read the sign wrong when I went in here. Did I, I mean, and so I'm like, all right, okay. But it was like this, this very smug nature of it. And not everybody, there was some, some really nice kids there too, but the majority. And so one person or a pack of them, it was like, it was a pack of them together. And it's, it was. It stood out to me because they all walked together. They were together. They applied for jobs together. They were, it was like a pack. And I'm like, I don't know where you find a pack of assholes from, but apparently you can buy it somewhere because they, they came in a pack, okay? And so they they came up and you know, and you make small talk, you try to get them over to your, your, your booth or whatever. Like, hey, what's going on with you? What's up, bam, bam, you know, you make the little small talk and they come over to the table and I'm like, oh, shut, 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 no. I'm sorry, we do business, <laughs> we do business. Cause it was like a business 
administrative degree. Mind you, this is all undergrad. This isn't this is not graduate level educate. This is all undergrad. So these are these kids are very young. And it's like it's like blowing my mind. It's like what? And, and I and I have to stop myself because I'm like I'm a contractor. You know, just doing this for another company. I get like you know pump your brakes, women. Leave pump them, pump them because you you pump them because I just you know you ever just was like a little thrown off. Like what? Just what you what you say? Because my mind was saying, okay, no, um. I'm looking at your resume. Um, no, you don't do business. You are unemployed and he makes sandwiches because he works at Subway and y'all in school for business. Like, I, I don't understand what um, you're talking about uh, because y'all make sandwiches. And so what what is what is happening right now? And it's hilarious because young people, listen, don't turn down opportunities until you have opportunities. Every opportunity is not a good opportunity, okay? So somebody's trying to say, hey, you don't come get this candy out of this white van. Don't go in the van. Never, never go in a white van. I don't even care if it's a, like, especially if it's like an Astro van. Like, don't get, don't go over there. That's, that's bad. But sometimes when people are offering you, like, information or they are offering you an opportunity that's not necessarily out there and you don't necessarily always see the fit it doesn't mean that it is a bad opportunity this is your opportunity kids to gather more information get as much information as possible like i i don't know what they teaching over there but i can tell you it's not multi-billion dollar company manage this money type of education because that comes with a level of not only experience but it also comes with a level of failure so you have to learn from your mistakes and it comes with a level of i'm willing to listen and i know i'm on my soapbox but that really was like when i seen that amount i was like what really like this is what we really what? You got a, you got a 2.79 GPA. What, what it? Okay. All right. Okay. You, you got odd numbers in your GPA. Okay. All right. You know what? I'm, I'm just going to leave it alone. All right. Because y'all ain't going to hear me though. You're not going to hear me until it's time to hear me. Okay. You just not going to hear me. I know you're not. I know you're not going to listen. You just, you, you ain't going to listen. You're not going to listen. But let me get you over to these millennial minutes. Okay. I'm going to get you to these millennial minutes. All right. All right. So I'm excited because we have a guest today. It is Brendan Mulligan from PodPage. He is the CEO. He's going to give us some great information about marketing and branding because that's what they do. So <laughs> they do marketing and branding. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. So I want to get some information about you because we always ask people when they come on to the platform, how did you get into podcasting? Because everybody has a very different story, but it's similar. So I would like to find out what, what brought you into this space. 
Um, so I have been working with creative people my entire career. I actually started in the music industry, music industry proper, working with musicians, working at record labels and booking agencies and being a tour manager um, and sort of graduated out of the music industry to build technology for the music industry. So I built a few online platforms to help musicians market themselves, musicians represent themselves online. Um, so that was about 10 years ago. And I've done that for a few different groups. I did it for app developers for a while, helping them figure out how to, you know, the, the app store was a good place for them to put their their content or their their product, but how do they market themselves outside of that one channel? And so about two years ago, I have a bunch of friends who were podcasters and I started noticing a trend with them that I'd seen happen with musicians and with app developers where, you know, for example, musicians put all their effort into MySpace and then MySpace fell apart and they kind of lost their fan bases. And so I started noticing with podcasters, they had podcasts are amazing because you've got these free distribution channels into Spotify and Apple podcasts and Google podcasts and all these great places. But you're relying on these platforms to be the one and only way you connect with listeners. And so I started asking some, um, some of my friends who had podcasts why they didn't have a website. And I started noticing the best podcasters out there did have a website. And what I found was people just said it was too hard to do. And so I've started PodPage to make it really easy to go from not having a website for your podcast to having a fully featured website that keeps itself up to date that you never have to think about. Um, so I would myself has, have never had a full podcast. I've helped other people launch them, but I've never had okay. one myself. Um, but I just, I love the medium and, um, and it's an area that I've spent a lot of time, uh, uh, you know, being a part of and listening to. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And for those kids out there who may not know what MySpace was, it, it was <laughs> social media before everyone hated each other. <laughs> so you yeah, just that's a good way put up photos and and you know tom was your friend it was it was those were the days before things yeah, got out of hand it, it is funny because it, it was so it was so social media network before really before ads were a big thing i mean they had like some ugly ads around the you know the around the page but they didn't have any sort of ads necessarily that knew, that were all about like who you were and what your relationships and interests were and all that so it and there was no big news feed of like what everyone was doing you everyone just had a profile you went to so it 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 was destroyed what you know it, it got buckled under its own weight and then facebook came and sort of ate it for lunch but um but it was, there was a purity to it that was really nice. Yeah, bulldoze. Even the beginning of Facebook was like college oriented and then that changed. But yeah. you mentioned something about podcasters and musicians, which I've also seen a very similar pathway. I think because a lot of musicians are now online, like they're not going that traditional route. So it's very similar to what podcasters are doing. From your experience in, you know, launching PodPage and kind of seeing the industry and you mentioned that podcasters who have a website do a lot better in your expertise. Why do you think that that is? Um, you know, I think in general, and this, you know, there's plenty of times that this isn't necessarily true, but I think that as a creative person or group, whatever, um, as a creative entity, if you have a direct relationship with your audience and you nurture that direct relationship, you will end up building a stronger audience that's lasting over time that will that will sort of grow itself. I actually think this is the same for software developers. It's the same for brands. Um, you just, you know, if you if you come out and just say, like, here's my podcast, listen to it. And I have no interest in who you are. Um, I don't think you get really far. But if you actually, you know, and I think the reason that websites are important is because you have no opportunity to connect with your listeners through any of those platforms, right? So when you drive into your website, you can ask them for an email list. A, a great person that, that does this really well is Tim Ferriss, who, you know, he, he gets uh, 
people to listen to his podcast, but he pushes people to go to his website and sign up for his weekly email. And he has, I can't remember the last time I looked, he has millions of people on that weekly email list, which means every week he can send them an email saying, here's my new podcast episode. And here's also a different brand that I'm interested in working with, whatever. And like, here's the stuff I'm interested in. And he builds a whole relationship with them. And I think that if you just rely on pushing out your episodes and you don't take any feedback in, you miss the opportunity to actually build a community. So that uh, is very true. That, that's very true. I've, I've noticed that a lot of people don't connect with their audience in that way. And, but some people do. Some people have websites because, you know, there are other websites or companies, DSPs out there that give you a website. So they will like anchor, I think, started something and they have through a lot of the Spreaker, I think, has something what are we doing wrong? So when you see people who maybe go through those sites or they try to build their own, what are the number one things that you think people are doing wrong when they're setting up websites? You know, I used to give this, um, well, I still do every once in a while, give a webinar about podcast websites. And, and the way I kind of describe it is there's sort of three levels of podcast website. There's like your basic landing page website that you get with Anchor or Buzzsprout or Captivate or Spreaker. You, every host will give you a basic page. Mm -hmm. um, and most of them will let you assign your domain name to it. So there's that. There's pod page. There's the, the builders that make it really easy for you to kind of spin up a page. It's not quite as customizable as you might want. It might not work for someone like Tim Ferriss, but it works for 80%, 90% of people. And then there's WordPress that is like super customized. And really, you can make it pixel perfect. Also requires a huge investment in time and effort to like make it work. I actually think podcasters should go along that continuum. Um, I usually say like, if you're just getting started, just use Anchor's page. But the, but the difference is buy a domain name that points to it because mm -hmm. then Google, Google is going to start saying like, you know, when Google is ranking you, if you ever search for your podcast on Google, you know, if you don't have a website, you know, you're, you're advertising Apple and Facebook or not, well, maybe Facebook cause they're starting to do podcasts, but, um, Apple and you know, all the links that come up are these other companies. If you just buy a domain name with the name of your podcast and attach it to your website, regardless of which type of website it is, you almost are guaranteed within the first couple of weeks to months to be the number one spot. Because Google knows like, oh, if I'm gonna go watch, like if someone's searching for Brendan's podcast and like Apple has it, Google has it, but there's also brendanspodcast.com, like Google will just automatically say like, that's the canonical podcast and you'll be number one. It's crazy how easy it is to get. So first of all, I think you should own the number one spot on Google, regardless of your, your listener communication. And so I think okay. everyone should just get, get a domain name and, and attach it to their anchor or Buzzsprout or any of those, because it's usually free to do that. Um, if you, and then you can figure out the website later, just do that to start establishing your domain name as the place that people should go for information. Um, but then like, I think the problem with those sites, uh, and I know most of the hosts and I love most of the hosts, like those hosts, really what they should be spending all their time on is delivering your audio content really, really well to everyone. I mean, their, their job is to be the best host possible. You're never gonna have those hosts be excellent at making websites. Um, and if you did, they'd probably be bad about maybe being a host. Right, like they should, every I'm, I'm a true. big believer that everyone should do one thing really, really well. And so, you know, the some of the hosts have like little features here and there. But I, so speaking generally, like a lot of them don't let you customize the page to feel like your brand. So a true true crime podcast will feel and look exactly the same as like a kids podcast. Um, and also, it like they don't have any listener communication tools, right? So on on WordPress, you can get a bunch of plugins. On PodPage, we let people leave voicemails, send you emails, leave comments, um, leave you reviews. All that stuff is on your website. The the host um, landing pages don't have any of that. And so 
again, like start there. It's better to do that than nothing. But then you typically want to graduate to something where you can actually have like a, a two-way communication. Um, so I think that's the, the number one thing that's that's bad about them. Um, but you know, I think they're great that you get them for free. So if you get to a point where you are able to either afford or you have sponsors, you have some type of revenue where you can actually make that next step. Or if you just want to invest in your podcast, you've been doing it for a while and you're like, hey, I need to take it to the next level. Why PodPage? What makes PodPage like because you you explained to us why the other ones are kind of like, you know, basic, but there are other platforms out there. They're very similar to PodPage. Why should we choose PodPage? Um, so when I think of other platforms, I think, uh, there's the WordPress, which is, requires a lot of technical know-how and is very complicated. Ends up being actually a lot more expensive because you have to buy plugins and hosting and all this different stuff. In the, in the website builder arena, there's like Wix and Squarespace and Weebly and some of those, which are these like sort of Mm -hmm. a, a generic website, Google sites generic website builders that anyone can use for any type of business. They're actually in a lot of ways way better than PodPage when it comes to ease of editing because they're just, they really spend a lot of time being like, we just need to be able to make and edit and design websites. Um, they're great. The, the problem with them is they're not pod paid, podcast focused. So like as an example on like um, a Wix maybe, if you want a podcast website, you have to go just sort of find a theme that works for you. Then you've got to like, every time you release an episode, you have to go in and you have to create a new post for it. And then, Maybe there's a button that you can send people to re- the review site. I don't know. It, it, I always encourage people to try them all um, with PodPage. And it's uh, if you're not techie either, the Wix can be a little bit daunting. Even though it's one of those plug and plays, it still can be a little daunting. You know, but to be perfectly honest, sometimes people say that about PodPage because there's so many features and, and you know, it could they all can feel it's hard because you want to add a lot of functionality, but you don't want to make them overwhelming. The big thing mm-hmm. you're going to get with PodPage um, like a, a service like PodPage that's really targeted to podcasters is as an example, when you come onto the site and on Wix, it's like, what do you want the name of your website to be? Right. That's one, probably the first question. Um, our first question is what's your podcast called? And then we go and we look at Apple and we pull, we find your podcast. And then the next screen shows you your entire website built out with all of your episodes imported with your artwork imported the the it gives you 15 or 20 templates that are podcast focused so you can pick whatever theme you want we also pull in all of your reviews from apple so you have okay. a page on your website that has all of your podcast reviews we'll we'll, wow. look, at, we'll look at Podchaser for you we automatically set up like a, a voicemail plugin that that you can get receive voicemails we auto like we just do a lot of stuff that's very podcast focused um you can you know, and then when you dig in, there's like, you can build guest profiles. We give you a form that you can send guests and they can fill out a form. And that's like, they sign a release to join coming across. When they fill out the form, they also have entered themselves in your website database and you can attach that profile to an episode. So once you get in, like there's an, ep- there's an area for transcripts. There's just like, there's an area for media players. The other thing we do is like, let's say you're on Buzzsprout. Um, when we build that episode page for you, the audio player isn't just a generic audio player. We actually go and get the Buzzsprout audio player and put it on your website. And so it's just like, once you go through the process, you're like, oh, this is a much very tailored experience for podcasters. And then it stays up to date. So we just check all the time to see if you have new content, new episodes, new reviews. And when we find them, we just update your website. So you don't even have to worry about coming and posting. Um, we just do it automatically. So, but there's some people who want a little more control Maybe mm-hmm. like the editing experience on Squarespace more than PodPage, and we're like, yeah, they'll use that. You know, we, we just, we, I think we've nailed 
making it really easy to set up a page that keeps itself up to date that's very specifically built for podcasting. So, um, you know, but I it's like not for everyone. Yeah, because I think for the people who like editing, nothing wrong with that. But a lot of podcasters are podcasting and you have something else that you're doing and a full-time job. And a, so you don't have time to do that. So it's great to know that there are options out there. So for those who want to sign up for PodPage, how would one one do that? Where would they go? Podpage.com, um, singular, P-O-D-P-A-G-E. Some people say pod pages, but um, I haven't been able to get that domain and point it back yet. Um, so it's just podpage.com. And uh, there's a big blue button that says Gener like, preview my website. And you click that button and, you, and we just say, what's your website called? And within about 30 seconds, you'll see about 15 or 20 versions of your website. And at that point, you're, you're either sold or you're not. You're either like, oh, this is awesome. I see something I love or you're like, I hate the way these look or uh, this isn't for me. Um, but yeah, that you know, it's, it's pretty quick. And then uh, signing up is totally free. You get all the pro features for um, for the first week. And the way that the pricing works is if you want your website just to sit at podpage.com slash Brendan's podcast or something, it's free forever. You never, you never have to pay. Oh. Um, if you want to attach your domain name to it, uh, there's a charge for that. And then if you want sort of the big list of uh, pro features, like the voicemail stuff, the reviews, all that like more intense stuff that I was talking about, um, that's part of our pro plan. And so, um, but it's, you can try it, try it for free and get all the features for the first week. Okay. That's, that's, that's super awesome. And do you guys have a social media that people can follow? Uh, yes. If you, on Twitter, it's pod page HQ. Um, I don't know how to get it on Facebook. You just search for pod page. We have a great community on, on Facebook. That's really active. Our Facebook page okay. itself. I have been, uh, I haven't done too much with, but, um, but we don't do too much with it. We need to spend a little bit more time on our social media outreach. The, the best way to like, to learn about us is the, the Facebook page. If you don't, if you need more than the website, Facebook page, or just, uh, shoot me an email. Um, Brendan at PodPage or support at PodPage, and we we do a ton of customer support and handholding with with people who need some help, and we answer a ton of questions. So, and um, I was looking at your guys' website. It looks like customer service is actually and customer support is one of the number one reviews that PodPage has, which is awesome because if you ever had a problem with, let's say, Facebook, which lets you attach your podcast, I I will pay you money if you can find a direct support telephone number yeah. or Facebook. Yeah, so, we, we, we try. We try to have, I mean, we, we've had a, someone the other day was like, well, I, I messaged you last night um, and they were in Australia and they were like, I didn't hear back within five minutes. You have horrible customer support. Like, you know, <laughs> if you want time that time, I don't even actually know what big company can do it that well. But, but I was like, if, yeah, we're probably not going to do that, but we will always get back to you within usually a few hours or a day, depending on what time you're, you're writing us. So uh, we love doing customer support because it's the best way for us to learn what's confusing about our product and how, what we need to build next. Okay. And this has, I'm going to let you go, but this has absolutely nothing really. I, well, I guess it sort of has to do with marketing. Um, have you noticed the trend in the, the, people who are getting websites are there more of the true crime podcasts that seem to be more active what are you guys noticing i you know i've I, someone asked me this the other day because they were like oh who should we market the product to, to pod page to like we're going to do some marketing and i i pulled every i looked at it in every angle and it is a total mix of people um it is tip like it like i was saying it's typically less about the category uh, because we have we have templates that look great. We have dark templates for true crime. We have bright templates for ki you know kids. We have all it's all over the place. Um, 
And typically your episode and your, your podcast artwork is really what makes your site look, have a certain feel. But um, we, uh, we typically are in that someone is either just getting off the ground or has just gotten off the ground, has a few episodes uh, to, you know, to having a fairly established podcast. Um, we, I'm always excited. People always come and say, oh, you know, I think we're going to go to WordPress because we've gotten so big that we need tons of customization. And it's always like a great, it's like a graduation moment. It's like, that's amazing. Like a lot of people don't get there. Um, so we have a lot of people, uh, you know, in that, in that early, like that, or that 90%, right? The 90% in the early that, that need it. Um, so, so people like the smaller podcast community. So we appreciate you being there for the smaller podcast community because a lot of times they get overlooked and it doesn't matter how great your content is. If no one sees it, it does not matter. So we yeah. appreciate places like PodPage that make it easy for people who are doing this or just starting out doing this. Please go to podpage.com. Check out their how much, you know, the different types of plans they have, reviews they have, all of the things, the templates, and you get it for free. So if you don't transfer your domain name over, you can use it for free and just kind of yeah. like check it out and see what yeah. you got. So we appreciate you. Anytime you guys have anything, please feel free to reach back out to us. We would be glad to speak with you guys again because podcast is podcasts are growing so yeah. you guys are gonna <laughs> definitely take a boom as well so yeah. we appreciate you thank you very much for having me really appreciate it absolutely thanks again get into these millennial minutes and you know i always gotta give you the politicals first you know you like these politicals and when you thought all the presidents was working hard for the money so hard for it honey you find that in striketober joe biden um yeah he didn't use all his personal he didn't use them all. You know, he like your coworker that don't never come to work on Mondays and Fridays. He didn't use all of his personal days. He has Bruh. been at his house in Delaware or in Camp David a lot. Okay, more than any other president in United States history, as of a matter of fact. But he maybe needed a break because during Striketober, which NBC dubbed October as Striketober, because so many American workers across the country have decided to say, hey, we going on strike. So this is something that has been happening in a lot of states and it's particularly red states, which is interesting that there's a lot of red states that are or red areas that are actually out here picketing because a lot of them supported trump who got rid of a lot of the employee protections for employees and protections of unions so it's it's really ironic that they're they're kind of protesting now and they did not want to raise the minimum wage but yet now they do so it's it's interesting that people always seem to vote against their own self-interest but it's happening so we're seeing places like john deere and most recently mcdonald's employees have now went on strike so you thought you wasn't getting that milkshake now you thought that milkshake machine was broke then you ain't never getting that mcflurry now like you might as well forget it because you ain't never ever never never ever ever getting ice cream from mcdonald's ever again and your order is always gonna be wrong 
because this is this is something that we do need to look into. I think that a lot of employees don't get paid enough and we've seen the gaps in between the CEOs of these com companies versus the workers and there's such a huge gap. A lot of people can't live. They did like a survey or study to show how much money you actually needed in order to survive in the U.S. on a one-bedroom apartment and making under $15 an hour just did not cut it. And so you're seeing a lot of employees and people saying, hey, we're not going to take this anymore, as they should. And Truth Social is coming in. You're like, what? Yeah, Truth Social. Donald J. Trump is deciding that he's off of Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and MySpace and Black Planet. And, you know, he can't get on any of those sites. So you know what he did? He did the next best thing. He said, I am going to create conspiracy theory so i mean truth social uh, where no one tells the truth at all and that's why it's gonna be ironic um there's no truth at all on truth social but this is a thing it looks like people are supporting this he's been able to raise a considerable amount of money for this so we will see what happens and i know that I, I don't know if this is true or not, but somebody was saying that you can't talk bad about Truth Social on Truth Social. And the girl who decided, or I guess woman rather, who decided that she's going to sue Kellogg's because Pop-Tarts, the strawberry flavored Pop-Tarts, doesn't have enough strawberries in them. I, I don't, I guess you can sue for anything. I guess that's the thing that you literally can sue for anything. Because once you tasted that bitch, Okay, once you took a bite up, you realize pretty quickly that this is not strawberry at all. And it's funny because I'm like, what's next? Are you going to sue Skittles because they don't have enough rainbow in them? Or how about Lucky Charms because it's not really magically delicious. They didn't put no magic in it. Like, what, what is wrong with y'all? What is wrong with y'all? Who picks up a box of Pop-Tarts and thinks that this is going to be a nutritious, fruity meal? This is one serving of fruit a day. Who does that? Where do they do that at? And speaking of really, really irking people's nerves, apparently a lot of people are growing frustrated with the fact that Wendy Williams is not back on her show. However, Wendy Williams will not be hosting because she is still very much sick. They're saying she's experiencing some serious complications due to her Graves disease and her thyroid condition. And on, it looks like on the 12th of October, her, the show Instagram, not Wendy Williams' personal Instagram, the show Instagram actually released a Instagram that it was or had been determined that more time was needed before Wendy is able to return to her live hosting duties. And they're saying that there will be a series of guest hosts and panels, which is to be determined. So they have not released who will be on these panels just as of yet. Apparently, the Wendy Williams show is really going through it there are rumors now circulating that they're paying people to sit in the audience that they're having a very hard time getting guest hosts that the ratings are in the toilet like there's a lot of things at stake so i hope that wendy williams get better because she is definitely the void in the entertainment television lane so get better miss williams and the associated press is saying that a crew member actually was killed 
on the set of Alec Baldwin's new film. I believe it's an independent film that he's working on. And they're saying that this has now raised some concerns about safety in, in on the set. And there was actually even a complaint that was filed against the assistant director because they're saying that he did not follow safety protocols for weapons while they were filming on set so there was a complaint that actually was filed it was one woman who actually was killed on set she was the cinematographer on the film and one man i believe it was the uh, director was injured so there were two people that were injured. One, unfortunately, succumbed to their injuries on set. Now, I don't know why they use real guns on the movie sets. Why is that needed? And the LA Times actually did report that there was a walkout at Netflix. They said there was a transgender Netflix employees and their allies gathered together on last Wednesday off of Vine Street in Los Angeles to protest the fact that Netflix decided to release Dave Chappelle's controversial special, The Closer, anyway. And they have not pulled it off of Netflix. Now, there have been a lot of people who have come to Dave Chappelle's his side and they said that they think that he should be able to say what he wants and comedy has now been held hostage because of a lot of people are sensitive and you shouldn't let people do that. And then on the other side, you have people saying that this is wrong and you shouldn't be able to do that. It's not funny. Okay. Um, here's my thing. I think that... We do need to make sure that freedom of speech is a thing. Freedom of speech very much needs to be a thing. And I've said this a million gajillion times that just because somebody says something you don't like it doesn't mean that they should not be able to say it. Now, this goes for everybody. So if you are one of those straight people saying, oh, the trans people shouldn't care, this means whatever group you're a part of, if somebody else makes a comedy special and they say some things that you find offensive or not funny, they too should be able to say that. Like you, it, it doesn't, it's not a pick or choose thing. It's freedom of speech is freedom of speech. It's freedom of speech. So you have to be very careful about when you say this, what exactly do you mean? Now, I believe that you should be able to have freedom of speech. Now, on that same breath, I believe that we cannot tell people how to feel. So just because their freedom of speech is a thing, we can't tell people that they can't be offended by it or you shouldn't be offended by it or, oh, just shut up and... Uh, we can't do that either. And a 61-year-old man is getting all of the backlash, as he should on social media. He has gone viral on Black Twitter. And Mike Hugabook has received a lot of backlash because he decided to marry an 18-year-old who is not only just 18, she just turned 18 not too long ago, She's also his goddaughter. So he had been sleeping with her mother previously, and now he's sleeping with the daughter, where allegedly he has a one-year-old daughter with her, which would make her about 17 years old, perhaps even 16 years old, when they originally started sleeping together. Now, they're in Florida. I don't know what Florida's consent 
laws are in Florida because don't nothing make sense in Florida. Like Florida is just like anything. It's like the wild, wild south. It just, I, nothing makes sense in Florida from a legal perspective. It's like, how, what? What? That's, that's possible? Like, you know, that was the, like the man who threw the gator through the drive through was in Florida. You know, like it's just the stuff that happens down there. It's like, it's interesting. And I don't know if he got arrested or not. He probably didn't because they was like, if you throw the gator out the left window, it's okay. Because that's just, you know, Florida have weird laws like that. It's very, very strange. It's a stand your ground alligator. Like it's it's very weird. But I don't know what the rules are down there. But hear me out, young girls. Hear me out. Listen to an old bitch. At 18, and I'm not telling you to go to Thought University. I'm not telling you to sleep with everybody. What I'm saying is you should date and explore other people. Because at 18, you don't know your brain is not even fully developed yet. You still got the soft spot, okay? You, you're still very much developing and you don't know you to know what you like and what you don't like. And the only way you will find out what you do and don't like is to date other people. I would never tell anyone that young to get married and settle down. This is not a fact. It is my fucking opinion. I don't think you should. At 18, there's so much more for you to see and do getting married that young you got time what's the rush go enjoy life first you shouldn't be making permanent decisions at 18 permanent decisions at 18 lead you to the stupidest tattoos you've ever seen in your life some shit that you can get removed but it's gonna hurt like fuck you should not be making those types of life changing decisions at 18 and marriage is one of them yeah you can get divorced but it's gonna be a pain in the neck it's cheaper to get married than it is to get divorced and i get it he provided a lot of times these older guys they will provide you especially like she came from a seemed like a very unstable home He's providing you a level of stability, like a parent that you're fucking, which is weird, but like a parent, he's providing her with a parental figure that she didn't have. That's what I see. He's, he's able to provide her with a home. She's able to get, you know, money and she doesn't have to worry about her living situation and how she's going to provide for her daughter and all of these types of things so it gives her a level of security now what she doesn't realize and this is my opinion doesn't make it a fact i feel not her i feel like she feels you know when you start doing that that's a lot of just making shit up but i feel that she feels that she has some Secure, she she's secure because she has him. Now, what she doesn't realize is that security probably comes with control. So it's very much like a parental situation where he tells her what to do and what not to do. I'm almost certain they're not in a relationship where they're on level ground. And you should never be in a relationship where one spouse has all the control because you are going to be fucking miserable. You don't want to be somebody, you don't want to be your spouse's kid. That's not what you want. 
he used her because if he's gonna have sex with the mother and then go have sex with the daughter, he used her. And in a way that is concerning to me is that it seems like he had been sleeping with his child, allegedly, at a much younger age. So he probably started grooming this child very young. And my, I am mad at the mom for allowing this shit to happen and to have her daughter be that unstable that she's willing to run to this man. The people around her failed her. A lot of people failed her for her to get into the situation and feel like she's better off now. I don't know what this young girl, cause I'm like, he's 61, you're 18. You are, unless, for Lord forbid, some major accident happens, the chances of you outliving him is high. Now this guy doesn't appear to be a rich man. You're gonna have to do some shit. I don't know if you going to school, I don't know what your, your goals are, baby girl, but I would advise you to get your shit together. You should start to develop some of your own shit because when you're that young with him and it's probably like a father and child daughter situation going on with control, he's gonna control everything. Uh-uh. I don't even like where this going, okay? So this just, this bothers me so much as a mother of daughters so so much i don't know what we can do about it but i'm mm, mm, mm. and speaking of mm, mm, mm. little nas x and boosie are back at it again yes so they're back and forth again with exchanging shots so basically little nas x must have made like a joke to say hey i got a song coming out with boosie who boosie hasn't had a song out in many years um, that actually did anything. So that, if anything, Little Nas X is a popular artist right now. That would have been a fucking compliment to even have a song that's gonna reach the charts. But that, nonetheless, it upset him so much. He said that he hopes that Little Nas X commits suicide. He would be doing the world a favor. Now, listen, I I don't understand the point of Boosie at this point. Cause I know that the internet, y'all don't fuck with his music. So we know that that's not it. I don't know why the internet, specifically the black side of the Twitter and social media like Boosie so fucking much. I don't know what it is about misogyny and stupidity that y'all like, because that's, that's what he brings. And it's like, what I mean, the only reason why y'all fuck with him is because he spews the shit you want to hear when you want to hear it. Because other than that, I'm like, why do we keep talking about him? I want him to go away. And because of that, I'm not saying anything else more about it. Except for, apparently, I think he wants to date him. I think he, I think Little Nas X is single, Boosie. Maybe you should shoot your shot. I don't know. You know, allegedly. I don't, I don't know. Maybe try it, I guess. And Kylie Jenner is being called out again for blackfishing again. Y'all know she has a lifetime subscription to blackfishing, right? Like, I thought that was the deal. Like, we had all agreed collectively that that's what the Kardashians do. Like, they buy the black girl aesthetics and parts. They put them together in a magical blend of 
rich white womanness, and they sell it back to y'all at 50 times the rate. Like, I thought we had agreed upon the fact that that's what we have accepted from the Kardashian Jenners. Is that not the agreement? We I remember we signed it or maybe it was an octopus woman that we signed a contract with. Maybe she took our voice and that's why we keep accepting this bullshit. I, I, I don't know, maybe that's a movie I watch, I'm not sure. But what I'm saying is I think that we already know this. Like why do y'all keep going off and having a conniption on the black side of Twitter? Like why? Y'all have better shit to do. Like this, y'all already know this is what this is. This is this is what this is. Like that's what they do, and they're gonna do it next week, and then y'all will like it. I, it's very weird. It's a very re- weird relationship y'all have with the Kardashian Jenners. And uh, per USA Today, it's some startling news, I guess, but not really startling because we kind of knew this. Is saying that Black families actually own less homes after the pandemic. Yeah, they're saying that white people own 86% of the U.S. wealth, which makes up, they make up 60% of the population. And they're saying that at the end of 2020, black home ownership rate was at 44.1%, which is almost the same as 44% who owned homes during 2019. So it is not growing. It has become stagnated. And according to the Census Bureau data and the Center for American Progress, the home ownership rate for white Americans during the pandemic, mind you, rose from 74.5, wait a minute, I'm saying this backwards. It rose from 73.7% to 74.5% during a pandemic. Now, I don't know why we're shot, okay? Because this this was kind of expected. I was listening to an old Kanye song, you know, now he's ye, but I was listening to an old Kanye song and he was saying like, in a nation that breeded us, we we live in a nation that breeded black people for a long time, okay? Long, 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 long time. And these same families that came from those people that they bred like animals that could not own anything, they let them free with nothing. They had they had nothing. Then they wouldn't sell them land or homes, and it was only certain places they could live. And they devalued the properties and the cost of those homes and land because black people lived there. And then that changed into Jim Crow, and then Jim Crow changed into you know covert racism and redlining. And we really didn't expect that black people were gonna own less homes and have less wealth what like you do know that this is it's 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 systemic it doesn't end especially if you don't address the problem this it's very it's very strange and it's very weird but that's where we're at so this doesn't shock me and then also i think a lot of the things that we tote especially in the African-American community, aren't necessarily beneficial to the African-American community. So, like, you oftentimes hearing, like, the buying power. Like, oh, black people, you know, it's like some, it's a really big number. It's like, like, 100 billion or something like that black people have the buying power. But they own the least amount of wealth. When you see that 60% of white people own, you know, most of the wealth in this country, and then I think it's like Asian people behind them and they spend less. 
that big number should make you say, ooh, look at what we can do. It should make you say, why are we spending so much money and they're not? And then it should make you blink your eyes and say, well, maybe it's because they're saving it. We're giving the money back to the rich people. No wonder we can't move. And so I, I think we, we have to also look into the systemic part of it. And then we also have to look into the mindset of it. Because there's a level of mindset that's in place where we're trying to keep up with the... What is it? Let's the something skis. Truskowski, Perkowski, Blablowski. We're trying to keep up with them. And that is hurting us. It's to our detriment because I was reading something in 2019 and they said by like 2053, black wealth will be at zero. This is something that we need to, and this will be in some of our lifetimes. This is something that we need to take seriously. And right now we are not taking it seriously. So I, this doesn't shock me at all because during the pandemic, all it did was put a magnifying glass on all the problems America has. Every problem America has, it was spotlighted by the pandemic. Racism, the, our healthcare system, you know, housing crisis, poverty, like jobs and employment security, all of these things, security, all of these things were highlighted during COVID. It just put magnifying glasses on it. it, but it didn't create them. It just put magnifying glasses on it. So now that we see it, let's see what happens so that we can fix it. Because just seeing that it's there is not going to fix it. So we'll see what happens with this. But this has been your Millennial Minute. Okay, this has been a brand new episode of millennials anonymous podcast we will be back again next week with a brand new special guest mr paul lamar hunter author and i think also coach i think motivational speaker paul lamar hunter so stay tuned for that while he explains to you what what it, what it was like growing up with 20 brothers and sisters from the same mother and father and he's been on some really interesting shows too so we got into that he was on the vivica fox show he's been on like uh, a couple of the morning shows so he's he's really gotten around so we talked about that and then also make sure you guys stay tuned because we're going to have some other guests that will be coming up. Hmm. <laughs> so just stay locked and loaded to see what it is that we are going to do on to Millennials Anonymous podcast. And if you haven't had a chance to already, make sure you go to millennials.us so that you can see all of the deals that we actually have on our website, especially with the holiday times coming in. They saying you got to buy your Christmas shit now. Okay, they saying it won't be a candy cane. It's going to be like the Grinch stole Christmas. It's not going to be a candy cane left on the tree if you don't go get your shit now. All right. 
So make sure you go to millennials.us so that you can get yourself some stuff now on a budget. Cause you know, we all need to save. We was just talking about money. Like we gotta save a little bit of money. You know what I mean? You gotta save some coins. Some, a little bit of here, a little bit of there, a little change here, a little change there. So make sure you save when you can, but be back next week and make sure you guys stay safe out there because there's still stuff delta is out here in these airways and these freeways i'm trying to tell you so make sure you guys stay safe all right be back i love you guys deuces <laughs>